Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our vision of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on because school is now in session. All right, welcome to the show, Growth Mindset University. I'm Jordan Paris, and I'm here today with Sean Douglas. Sean is a U.S. Air Force veteran, certified master resilience trainer, TED speaker, author of a book called Decisions, the power to overcome self-defeating behaviors, and he is the host of Life Transformation Radio. Currently, he teaches mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional resilience through online coaching, face-to-face workshops, and speaking engagements. In his TED Talk called Hack Your Brain for Success, he talks about hacking your brain's nerve structure to rewire it to be successful, which is what I really want to talk about today. So. How did you get the opportunity? How did I, I always, whenever I speak with a, a TED speaker, I always ask how they got the opportunity to mm-hmm. get up on that stage. And you did mention early in your talk, um, you know, it took, it took three years for me to get up here. Um, you know, it sounded like a story of persistence that you kept asking someone. Elaborate on that a little more. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so the process I use, I went to TED.com and then Mm -hmm. I wanted to, you know, because I wanted to to speak on stage. So I had to find the events. And that's how I found the events was I went to TED.com and I looked at the TEDx events that really were in my theme of of what I would talk about. And the theme of TEDx Wilmington was um, building a community through innovation. And so I was like, okay, well, what can I talk about? that would really start building a community. And I was like, well, I mean, I've got all this fact-based positive psychology research that I use in my resilience boot camps. Let's use that. So, so I applied to the talk and that was my ninth time applying that year. No year way. No. Yeah, yeah. Ninth time. Yeah. Um, and it, dude, it's like, I mean, I know people who, I know people who have applied to like three and got, one or two. I know people who have applied to like 20 or 30 of them and never got anything. So, mm. you know, it just depends. Um, you have to apply according to what they're looking for. Cause a lot of times the speakers are like, well, I can talk about this and they should just accept it. No, not really. <laughs> it's, it, it's, they're looking for certain things. They're looking for, you know, do you have a shocking fact? Do you have a shocking statistic? Do you have a mm. shocking story? So, you know, I applied and I did my shocking story right up front. You know, my big idea was you can literally rewire your brain. You can rewire your brain's nervous system to be successful. You know, you can reprogram your mind. And uh, so I, I, I applied for that, submitted all that. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. So, uh, the year who, before, who was it that reached out to you? Like who, uh, no, oh, it? so the event organizers, um, what's his name? Evan, 
Bartle, I think his name was. And then uh, Ajit George is the uh, event organizer for TEDx Wilmington. And I've submitted uh, a couple times or a couple people uh, a few times to uh, to his talk, to his event. You know, it's like, hey, Ajit's having another one, man. You got to apply to it. Apply to it. And then say who refers you. Like, just say me. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, because I still talk to him. I still um, – you know, we, we still talk back and forth and yeah. So it, that was one of the greatest things I've ever done. Right. Yeah, dude, it was really cool. And you just did that in December. Yeah. December. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. I was watching, I watched it a couple of times yesterday. It was awesome. Um, so you had a lot going on as I was alluding to in the intro and <laughs> I wanna, as far as that stuff, uh, your accomplishments and whatnot, I want to start with why, what is your, why? What is your purpose, your cause, belief? What is your reason for why you do what you do? I don't want to know what you do. We know what you yeah. do. I want to know yeah. why you do it. This is literally the first question that I ask every single guest on my show. Yeah. Man. Oh, it's, no. <laughs> it's what you, yeah, like, is why do you do what you do? So my why is that I'm a suicide survivor. I've never felt loved, never felt valued as a kid, physically abused, and, uh, you know, and, and it carried over into my adult life when I found alcohol. And so, you know, I believe that everybody was created for an amazing purpose. Nobody is meant to be homeless. Nobody is meant to be hooked on drugs. Nobody is meant to be living life at a low level. And so I believe that you be created for a purpose. And when you unlock your true potential, your life will become elevated. When you step fully into a purpose, when you step fully into your full potential, that is when you live life at a high level. And so that's what I want people to do. I want them to live at a high level. You know, I don't want 1% of the world to be millionaires. I want 10% or 20% or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just, I hate seeing people like, well, I can't do it. I can never do that. No, I can never. Like, sure you can. You can do anything you want to do, you know, but uh, it's, it's this belief system that we've been told no so many times in our life. We should start believing it. And we've been put down so many times by non-believers that you just start believing it. So, Right. Right. Now, about alcoholism and the path that led you down, uh, how, you, you alluded to it in your uh, TED Talk, which, of course, I'll have linked in the show notes. And I... But we didn't really go into detail. If, would you mind going into a little bit more detail about your journey with alcoholism and and where that led you to on Christmas Eve? Yeah. So my first duty station when I joined the military in 2001 was England. And the drinking age is 18. So by the time I got there, I was like 19 years old. And being around that environment, being in the bars and clubs and drinking heavily and everything like you, especially at a 19 year old kid, you know, you, um, you you start those negative spirals. You start those self-defeating behaviors. You know, you're, you're drinking all the time to, I mean, at first it's about having fun, but then it's like, I'm chasing that feeling. Uh, You know, it's like people like I chase the high, you know, I just would crawl into a bottle sometimes because you start to, you start to feel numb after a little bit, you know, you're too drunk. You're like, you can't mm. feel anything. You don't really know what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. Um, and that's, that's where I wanted to live. You know, it was my, it was really like my first time away from home. 
you know, um, it was me failing at relationships. I'd meet people, um, start dating or whatever. And then it would just fail because I didn't really have a great relationship modeled for me. Um, and so, you know, I was just like, whatever, dude, I'm just going to drink all the time. And that's what I did. I just drank all the time. And then that led to me being late for work and being drunk on duty. And like, that's not good for the military. And then they were going to kick me out, but they decided to send me to uh, alcohol classes. That didn't work. Mm. 2007, my house burned down. No, uh, Yeah. Yeah. I had like almost a hundred people at my house. Oh, it was, it was freaking crazy. Well, man. Was it party? was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> St. Patrick's day. St. Patrick's oh. day. 2000. Yeah. Dude is bad, dude. So did someone, it, is it someone else's bad. fault? <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Oh, so set my house yeah. Yeah. Someone purposely did it. Fight. Oh yeah. There was a huge fight, oh. huge fight. And, uh, everybody's freaking wasted trying to fight each other, you know? And, uh, yeah. Mm. So I came back and set my house on fire and, uh, and I was like, man, what a wake up call. This is a total wake up call, you know? And then, um, you know, you do whatever, you know, you do what everybody else does in, in those times of, of chaos and crisis. Uh, you get married. <laughs> I got I got married that year, <laughs> and uh, about a year later, man, we're we're filing for divorce and splitting up. Wow. And I'm drinking wow. heavily, and like my life sucks. And you know, I was like, I'm just gonna end it. Like this sucks. I'm just gonna end it. You know, so that's what that's what the path was, man. Destructive and uh, self-centered, and yeah. So you talk about too with uh you know with the gun in your hand during the ted talk and what stopped you what pulled you back uh, i don't think we ever got clarity on that yeah it's more of a who um, oh okay so, so people from work you know in the military was checking on me um my my dad who i don't have a relationship with um called me you know, and, uh, and I was like, why would he be calling, mm. you know, like out of all the people that would ever call me, like, why is he calling me? And throughout the years, you know, we, we, we would talk for a while, everything would be great. And then it would just fall apart again. And then like a year or two later, we reconnect and we'd be talking and everything would be great. And then it would just fall apart. So it was, it was super awkward and kind of super weird at that moment that he'd be the one calling me. And, uh, and, you know, I just broke down and told him everything that was going on. And he was in the military, so I thought he'd understand, you know. And and uh, he was like, man, you got to talk to chaplains and you got to, like, get help and you got to do this. And, you know, this isn't good and, you know, whatever. So, yeah, uh, that that's really, I mean, that's really what stopped me. And then, you know, when people come over and they see what you're doing and, you know, they, yeah. So, luckily, uh, my supervisor, he had taken all my weapons. Um I went and stayed with him for a little bit just to kind of get better, I guess, you know, and, uh, after talking to chaplains and after getting actual therapy, you know, and, and talking through things from my childhood and, and, you know, with everything else, you know, it started to kind of reframe my mind a little bit. And then I became a drill instructor and it was like, 
like my life changed, you know, I started reading personal and professional development books. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like as a drill instructor, like this was my purpose, you know, cause I just felt like I floundered. Like I joined the military because nine 11 happened and we're all patriotic and hoorah. And then right. a couple of years in, you're like, this is it. <laughs> this is what I joined. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> like, mm. you know, cause everybody's like super pumped, you know, for the first couple of years. And then by like 2005, you know, you're like, all right, well, the war is over. Now what the hell do I do? Mm. <laughs> like, now what do I do? I was in Iraq, you know, saving the world. Now I'm in Mountain Home, Idaho. Nice. What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> you know, like, this sucks. Idaho, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think that's uh, one place I don't think I'll ever, I'll ever be. I want to travel a lot, but I don't know. <laughs> that's on my I mean, list. Boise is okay. You know, as long as you're in the capital, like, it's fine. But everything else sucks. Uh. <laughs> um so you started to pick up the pieces yeah shortly after and i heard you talk about reading um yes. would you say learning and growing is something that you really found peace and joy and and, and what puts you you know back on track is that part of it I read a book by Norman Vincent Peale called The Power of Positive Thinking. My mom gave me that book. And after I read it, you know, and I closed it and I'm like, I'm just staring into nothing. I'm just like, I've been living life all wrong. <laughs> like, you just look back. You ever seen the movie Dewey Cox? No, right? I, I'm actually, I'm notoriously sheltered as far oh, as movies wow. go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's movies. Game. I'm not a big TV watcher, movie watcher, whatever, but I just happen to see like certain movies. Uh, I'm actually like a really avid like movie theater goer. I don't know. But anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah. So the movie Dewey Cox, like at the end of the movie, he's, he's about to play and he's like propped up against the wall. Like his hand is, is against the wall and he's got his head down and he's like, hey, He's like, you're on, you're on. And as one of his bandmates is like, stop. Dewey needs to think about his whole life before he plays. And that's how the movie starts is it goes through his whole entire life. That's what I felt. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I pondered my entire life in those moments. I'm like, that sucks. Like, you know, it's, it's almost like you get to the end and you're like, that's it. Like, that, like that's all wrong. Like, oh my God, like I've been doing it wrong the entire time. Yeah. So yeah, that book was the, that book was a gateway. And then I, st- and then I read like 21 laws of leadership by John Maxwell. And then I was introduced to John Maxwell. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Who is this guy? You know? And then I started following, you know, the influencers. And then that's when, because I, because I read it and I'm like, whatever, man, like this book's a bunch of crap or whatever. Right. But when that's, you- what, that's what people in my age think. Yeah. Well, it, it, start it, applying it, it and see what happens. Yeah. You can't just, okay, for, you can't just read something and go, oh, my life's changed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you actually have to take action on it. So when I read The Power of Positive Thinking, I was reading it and I'm like, this is awesome. Like, this is what I need. And then I started implementing it. I'm like, it works. So when I read the John Maxwell books, like 21 Laws of Leadership, you know, and I'm a drill instructor. And, and so to put it into context, we have these, these inspections that you have to do. You have to do drill, dorm inspections. You got to like look at their beds and their wall lockers and make sure they're folded, you know, clothes are folded correctly. 
you have the whole dorm that needs to be cleaned and people come and inspect it for dust and like there's all these inspections okay and then you get points based on you know how well you do you know if they find a demerit if they find this it's minus one you know whatever it's a whole point system basically what i was doing i was like okay we have to have these points and you have to make sure this happens and you have to you know and i'll be screaming at them like if this is dusty this is stupid this is you know and I was so focused on the points that I lost sight of the whole big picture. Well, I read John Maxwell and I was like, wow, leadership is about this. And these laws of leadership say this. And it was like, huh, I started implementing it. And when I started focusing on the right things, when I started focusing on the people, when I started focusing on the whole entire mission as a whole, instead of only these demerits or only these inspections, when I started focusing on the team aspect, it was effortless. I tell you, it was effortless. They would come in, inspect them, it's amazing dorm. Thank you very much. I'm like, thank you guys. Then they leave. Like, it was effortless. When you focus on the people, the numbers come because they want to work for you. They want to, they want to, they want to please the leader, right? Absolutely. So I focused on the people and the numbers came every time. So we weren't failing inspections. We were, I mean, it was, we were just crushing it. It was like, we were unstoppable. My flights were unstoppable. It was like, man, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I don't care about the inspections. That's not what I, I mean, yes, it's part of it. And I have to teach them the inspection, but I'm focusing on their development. I'm focusing on their, like them as a person and treating them as a person. Not, I mean, yes, in the military, you're scum, you're, 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 you're pond scum. You're the, you're the gum on the bottom of my shoe in the first couple of weeks, right? But you're still focusing on the person and, and the whole, you know, personal development concept. And you're being a leader, not focusing on the points, but focusing, focusing on their development to get it. And when they get it, they apply it. And when they apply it, that's when the magic happens. I wasn't yeah. doing that before. Are you familiar with Simon Sinek then? Oh, I love Simon yeah. Sinek. Yeah. Love <laughs> Simon Sinek. Me too. Great yeah, his books are amazing. His books yeah. are amazing. His so. TED Talk is one of the top three TED Talks in the world. Oh, it has yeah. like 20-something million views or something like that, something stupid million views. And uh, yeah, definitely. And that's why I asked, you know, what is your why in the, in the beginning of my show? I said, yeah. you know, so what do you do? Or, you know, why do you do what you do? You know, and then we do the what later. We actually go through the what, the how, and the what, or the, the why, the how, and the what, just like it is in the TED right. Talk. Yeah. Right. And for, for listeners right now, if you haven't heard our Start With Why episode, it was probably one of the first five episodes we did of this podcast. You can go back and listen to that for more context if you have no idea what we're talking about <laughs> with why, how, and what, but it's very worthwhile for you to know. Um, yeah. What about, you mentioned in your TED Talk, Tony Robbins. And whenever someone says that, I just kind of, I go, Ooh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like, Oh, we're, we're, we're on the same team. It, it, you know, the same I, I, maybe team, not really team, but I'm just trying to think right. of a better word, but we're like, we relate, you know, I, oh, yeah. so Tony Robbins awaken the giant within that book. Um, when I was very miserable, that, not reading the book, but applying the principles, taking action is what changed my life. Taking action on those principles is what changed that, that my life. Uh, probably, um, I'm trying to think, I guess only three years ago now. Um, have you read Awaken the Giant Within? 
I have not. I haven't read that book. I haven't read. I actually have not read very many Tony Robbins books. <laughs> I'll tell you. I just you, haven't. He's not my favorite writer. Right. I'd rather just watch his videos. I agree. Because I've read. I've read one of his books. You know, and, and and some writers are like, this is amazing. Like, I, I, I can't stop reading it. And then some you're like, I really want this to be good because I know the author. Like, I really want this to be good, but it's so dry. Yeah, it's not exactly a page turner, Awaken the Giant <laughs> Within. But, yeah. but, you know, I, I, like I labored through it, man. It took me 45 days or so, 10 pages a day. That's all I could do. But, you know, <laughs> when you put all the pieces of that puzzle together, yeah. it really actually worked um and then with his book unshakable i remember uh the the financial book i (laughs) i read 60 pages and i had to put it down put it down for like six months and then i finished it Um, yeah but yeah unshakable was i mean the principles in that book have made me a lot of money this year yeah i i just i could barely get through it I know, like it's so terrible. <laughs> yeah. you know, the content's amazing, but God um, for cheat, man, just write something that is like, it's entertaining. You know what I mean? Like that's why people don't want to read books anymore because it's just dry and people don't talk like, like how you read the book, people don't talk like that. You know what right. I mean? They just don't, they just don't. So when I wrote my book, I wrote it exactly as if you and I were having a conversation at the bar. Oh, good. <laughs> That's literally like, like the one compliment that I get all the time is like, dude, it is definitely a page turner, man. It's like, I'm having a conversation with somebody. I'm like, that's what, like I use descriptive words. I don't say there was a fire in the room, mm. you know, like, like in the fireplace, whatever a fire was in the fireplace. No, I'm like, I could hear the crackling of the wood and the popping and watching the, the, um, watching the embers fly you know, from the, and it was like, you could literally put yourself in the room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and so that the whole book is like that. It's all descriptive. It's all like, I've immersed yourself into the words. You know what I mean? That's the one compliment I get about the book. Like, dude, I literally felt like I, I, like I was in the room with you. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, and so going back to Tony Robbins, you said, uh, where folk you like where focus goes energy flows you're oh, yeah. you're a subscriber to that concept yep. um and then you talk about how you were finding meaning uh in your in your struggle and have you read man's search for meaning then by victor no, no? oh okay. i read that book uh, just a that was just a quick quick question I, th- I that i was curious about i was wondering while well, i was watching your ted talk if you had read that book but tell us about um what, where focus goes, energy flows, what that means to you. Yeah. So what, where focus goes, energy flows means that what you focus on is that is, is where the energy is going to go. That's exactly what it means. So if I'm only picking out the negative out of every situation, that is all I'm ever going to see. You know, I'm never going to see any of the good stuff. People will tell me, Oh, this, this is a good thing. I'm like, I'm sure it is, but I just, I don't believe it. You know? And so, you know, where focus goes, like if I'm focusing on, on, let's say I'm focusing on my wife and kids, or I'm focusing on work, or I'm focusing on, you know, this right here, right? I'm focusing on this episode. This is where my energy is going to go. Oh, good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so if I'm on my phone and I'm trying to talk to somebody, I can't focus on both. 
And so energy is going nowhere. You know what I mean? And that's the one thing hmm. I really, really don't like is somebody will try to talk to me or I'll talk to them and like something is happening in the background or they're on their phone. Like there's, it's not like an eye to eye, you know, conversation. And so when I tell people like where focus goes, energy flows. So if you're focusing on the negatives, all you will see is negatives and your life and you will draw into your life negativity. So if you focus on the positives, you just rewire your brain to see those positives. Because if you focus on the errors of a person inside of a relationship, then the energy around that relationship is going to be negative and then eventually you'll break up. Right. So how did you rewire your brain after uh, you essentially had lost everything, um, you know, 2000, 2008, when you were in the yeah. midst of all that trouble? Yeah. So I count three blessings a day. Every single day, I count three blessings a day. And it's a habit that I use to counteract, you know, the, the negativity that, that inevitably is going to come. You know, you create a buffer for challenges. You create a buffer for the stupidity that inevitably you're going to have to deal with throughout your day. And so, you know, yes, this might have been some technical errors, maybe on the Zoom call. Maybe it's, you know, like maybe the computer's not working, um, whatever, but, but, but you know what? But I'm breathing and yeah. I'm awake. And I'm, yes, this is happening, but here's your positive. Yes, I'm stuck in traffic, but here's the positive. Right. The positive I, in traffic. You get to listen to a podcast. You get to learn. Right? Yeah. Oh, man. You're not at work yet. <laughs> You're not working. Yeah. You're not at work yet. Unless you love working. So right. you know, whatever. <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, when you when you when you focus on the positives by counting blessings three times a day, just count three blessings a day. You know, it it, it creates a buffer for challenges. It creates that it there's a theory called the broaden and build theory. The broaden and build theory was named by Barbara Fredrickson back in 2002. She's a researcher here in North Carolina and uh, I think she's at North Carolina state or uh, yeah, I think she's at North Carolina state university, but Barbara Fredrickson has a research study called the broaden and build theory, which basically states that every positive emotion that is experienced builds on itself and every negative emotion that you experience builds on itself. So you're either going in an upward spiral or a downward spiral. And the faster that you get to the top or the, yeah, the quicker you get to the top, the faster you start to spiral. So if you start getting to the bottom of the cone, you know what I mean? In your negativity, you're falling super fast into negativity, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a wide cone, you know, at the beginning because you can kind of bounce back and you're not going to get sucked into it. But once you're sucked into the spiral, you start to increase your positivity or decrease or, or increase your negativity. You know what I'm saying? Right. Sounds way better in my head. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. But, uh, but yeah, so every positive emotion builds on itself and every negative emotion builds on itself. Totally. So if you pile up enough, enough positive emotions and something negative happens, you're good. Think of it as like a gratitude bank or a positivity bank. Oh, yeah. You know, inevitably you're going to experience negativity. So deposit of positivity uh, withdrawal of negativity, you're still pretty positive, right? So if you think about it that way, um, you just got to have more positivity in your life. Yeah. And it accumulates over yep. time. Yeah. Yeah. One, maybe one positive moment or, or, you know, one, one negative moment won't change your life, but 
20 might, you know, it accumulates. Right. Um, so you found, you found this meaning in your struggle. Yes. Uh, what was, what was the, how did you, how did you shift your focus? I'm just trying to, uh, this might be a repetitive question, but were you asking yourself these, you know, these more empowering questions, like what could this mean or what, what was going on? Um, I, I, this, yeah. I'm trying to phrase this question. What was the meaning? How did you find the meaning? Um, yeah. Yeah. So in 2014, uh, after my drill instructor tour was over, uh, I was sitting at the base that I was stationed at and they said, Hey, we want to build this resilience program. It's like, okay, uh, we're looking for, you know, past instructors that would really want to teach this program. I'm like, well, we did a little bit of that in basic training. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, goal setting and, um, you know, some, some, some mental stuff, you know, some mental resilience stuff, you know, to keep them going through basic training. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to do that, you know? So as I got into it, I was like, yes, this is awesome. Mental, physical, social, emotional, spiritual resilience. Like this is amazing. And so when I got into it, I was like, this is, this is it. This is what I was supposed to do because one of the classes is talking about mastering meaning. Right? You got to be a master of meaning. Yeah. Say, what could this mean? And so when I started asking those questions, I knew the answer right away. I had to be abused as a child. I had to be. I had to go through my, my trials and tribulations coming into adulthood. Mm -hmm. I had to be abusing alcohol, which led to a suicide, which led to me becoming a drill instructor, which led to everything subsequently after that. Mm -hmm. So when I, look, when I look back on it, here's what I see. I had to have an adversity to overcome. I then had to overcome it to then learn how to talk about it being a drill instructor. Once I could talk about it and once I became an avid speaker, I then needed a platform to talk about my adversity, the resilience boot camp, my radio show, the Ted talk. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So everything was perfectly aligned. I had to have an adversity. I had to overcome the adversity. I then had to learn how to talk about the adversity. And then I needed a platform to talk about how I overcame the adversity. Right. So adversity was the prerequisite for your growth. For me, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I and everything had to happen it. the way that it happened. I had to become a resilience trainer because I had to be a drill instructor to learn how to how to speak. I had to learn how to teach classes and everything else. Then I had to have the resilience training that was offered, and I began teaching that. And then out of that resilience training, I saw transformation in people's lives, which then I was like, I need to have a podcast. I need to have a radio show, which is then I started my radio show and then I wrote my book and then, you know what I'm saying? So everything had to happen the way that it happened. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Very cool. So what do you think about daily habits and the role? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> and the role that uh, daily habits play in success. Dude, you have to like, like that's part of rewiring your brain. Yeah. So, so I always hold like a, like a, a couple challenges throughout the year. And one of them that I hold is a 66 day gratitude challenge because science has shown that after 66 days or you've done something 66 times, it then becomes a habit. Your brain recognizes that this is something that you need to do. Right. 
So that's why we do a 66 day gratitude challenge because we do three blessings a day for 66 days, which gives you 198 different blessings that you're thankful for. Right. And so having a daily gratitude habit, I've seen reshape people's lives. It lowers depression, lowers anxiety, lowers stress. And that's just one habit that you have. There's other habits like the miracle morning. People do the miracle morning all the time. Hal Elrod um, wrote a book called The Miracle Morning. And now a bunch of people have written books with him after that with The Miracle Morning for salespeople, for college students, for entrepreneurs, for parents and families. It's becoming like a chicken soup series. You know, oh, yeah. the, the miracle morning is, it is amazing. It, it gives you daily habits to do like, uh, they're called savers. You know, it's all about, you know, exercising every day and, uh, the, the mental awareness that you have with meditations and guided meditations and, you know, you're writing things down, you're writing your goals. And on the, on, you know, I have a whiteboard behind me and on the whiteboard is my to-do list and then my daily schedule. Like, what am I doing at this time? What am I doing at this time? What am I doing at this time? because I have to write those things down because it, it's the habit. It's the number one rule of success that I learned from my mentor is to schedule everything. Yeah. Schedule everything. If you're not scheduling your success, guess what? Nobody else is either. Yeah. So mm. schedule your success. It's a habit. It's a daily habit that you need to have that says, what are my, what are my activities? He calls them DPAs, dollar producing activities. What am I doing every day that is producing the results that I want? And that is what you double down on. But a lot of times we get sucked into the Facebook um, scrolling news feed, right? We get sucked into the thousand emails we need to check. We get sucked into Netflix. Um, you know, oh, I don't feel like doing this. Let's just go play some baseball or something, right? But discipline, daily discipline habits is what's going to rewire your brain and reprogram you to be successful. And I talk about that at the end of my TED Talk. My big idea is that if you form daily habits, if you start rewiring your brain according to the habits that you have, then you'll be successful. Right. So what are your, I, I totally agree. What are your top three, what are your three favorite success habits right now? Yeah. Three favorite success habits are number one, counting three blessings a day. Yep. I love that one. I'm going to take that from you. I picked that up earlier. Yep. Yeah, man. So if you actually search on Facebook, hashtag counting blessings, You'll see a bunch of challenges that we've done on Facebook. Uh, you can do them inside of a group. You can do them on your regular page. Just hashtag counting blessings or hashtag 66 day challenge. And you'll see like the format that we use uh, with a lot of us that have done these challenges. So that's number one. Number two is a daily habit of mindfulness. Have to have a daily habit of mindfulness. I literally, when I wake up, I sit, I sit there for about five or 10 minutes and I just close my eyes and I visualize my day. You know, I visualized being on this podcast. I visualized cool. the computer and I visualize what am I doing? How am I sitting? What am I talking about? You know? And so I do the same thing when I go on stage and speak, I do the same thing. I walk onto the stage before anybody even gets there. Maybe the night before I walk up there and I'm looking around and I'm not practicing, but like, I'm giving out the gestures, like I'm holding my hand out, or I'm raising my hand, or I'm looking at, pretending the audience is there, and maybe I said something funny, and, and maybe I'm doing this, or maybe this isn't working the way that I thought it would, because I always plan for failure, too. I don't always plan for, I plan for failure, too. You know, I imagine myself on stage, and nobody's responding to anything that I say. What am I going oh, to do? Oh, man. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's so Murphy's always, Law. 
Whatever yeah. can go wrong, it will. Yeah. And so I plan for success and I plan for failure because I'm not scared of failure. I want failure to happen. I want, excuse me, I want success to happen as much as I want failure to happen because we learn the most in our failures. That's where the learning happens the most. You'll learn a lot with success. Yep, that worked. That was awesome. Yes. But when you fail, it's like, holy crap. Okay, that doesn't feel good. And this didn't work. We need to retune this a little bit. Let me figure out what, what works. You know what I mean? And it's, it's the tinkering process. So mindfulness is huge. Totally. And third, then third, yeah. third one. The third habit that I have is to every day find a way to live my brand, wherever my brand is. So I tell people, live your brand. It's finding opportunities every day to live out the core values that you have in your heart. When you live your core values, when you live by example, that is how movements are created. That is how followers follow you. And that's how you become influencer. So right. what I do is I, is I have my top five core values and I find opportunities every day to live those out. No matter what I'm doing, I'm living my core values. And that is my brand. I call it my brand. We buy cars, we buy food and soda and whatever, whatever it is we buy, we buy it for certain reasons. And these are my reasons we buy our certain brands. I have to have this brand of whatever because of, I don't know, maybe it tastes good or whatever. So think about the way that you buy things and the brands that you use. And then think about the way that you live your life. Okay. So if I have my top five core values, which is what I think, feel, and believe about myself and about the world, if I live this out, that is my brand. That's what people see. Mm hmm so maybe they'll buy into me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I live my brand. Whatever my top five core values are, that's what I live out. Totally. So what would be then your, what are the three habits, the top three habits that you think people need to break uh, right now? What's going oh, on? Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> dude. So self-defeating behaviors, man, are so common that, that, I mean, I have them, you have them, everybody has them. Right. So I don't think that you can ever break a self-defeating behavior unless you're like a drug addict or an alcoholic. Then, yeah, you can break that. But the number two most common self-defeating behavior is you compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 20. You know, well, how come Jordan is so successful at everything he does? I mean, we're doing the same things. Maybe he's done it for five years and you're just starting. Right. Yeah. So when you count, when you count that, it, that's detrimental to your success. You can't like, if I compared myself to Tony Robbins, like, well, how come he's so successful? Like, he's been doing it for 40 freaking years. <laughs> 40, literally. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's been a speaker for 40 years. There's no way you can compare yourself to him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't compare your journey. Don't like everybody's on their own journey. Everybody's on their own journey. I always tell people like I'm way too busy watering my own grass to see how how green your grass is. Awesome. I, I subscribe to that. I have that written right in front of me in the optimist you know of conduct. Yep. Yeah, dude. So number two, most common self-defeating behavior, comparing your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 20. I cannot compare myself to you. I cannot compare myself to Tony Robbins. And it is liberating when you when you have the mindset that says nobody is my competition. I'm not in competition with anybody. My competition with myself. Heck yeah. Huge. Number one 
self-defeating behavior is you count other people's blessings. How come they have the hot wife? How come their husband's so awesome? How come he always gives her flowers? How come the kids are so well-behaved? How what You know, people with kids are going to agree with me right now, right? You drop them off at the babysitter, you pick them up and say, were they good? Yeah, they were amazing. They were? Really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you think they're complete monsters. Like, oh my God, you guys better behave or I will beat you. You better be good, you know? And they're like, they were weird, <laughs> right? So, so how come their kids are so well-behaved? How come they have an amazing house and an amazing car? And how come all you see is what you want to see, right? All you see is that. Maybe they had a huge fight and they were about to break up and the flowers are so that they don't break up. You yeah. just think, oh my God, they got them flowers. What the hell, right? So counting other people's blessings instead of your own is so detrimental because you miss your own blessings in your own life. If you're too busy counting other people's blessings, you miss the greatness that you have in your life. And Agreed. then that will soon die and go away. Agreed. Yeah. And the number three, I'm just throwing this one in there. Uh, the third habit that I would definitely break is one that takes you out of your, out of your element, out of your, your direction, your path, your purpose, whatever. If it doesn't serve you, then get rid of it. And it might be a friend, mm -hmm. it might be a job, it might be the way you're living. Like if you're not happy, if you, if you audit your entire life and say, I'm not happy with this, this is what I don't like, then get stop. rid of it. Yeah. And then stop. And like, well, it's easier than, no, it's not easier than said, no, just freaking do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you just do it. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I just, I, you know, even, even as an alcohol abuser, you know what I mean? I was like, I need to stop drinking. And so I did <laughs> like, so I did, it was hard, but discipline and support systems and like everything, like, you know what I mean? Cause either you give in or you don't like you have the power to rewrite your story. Everybody does. Absolutely. I you have the power to say this agree. is not how my story ends. Yep. Right on. So what was true for you 10 years ago? What, were, <laughs> what, three, what three things, what three principles were you living by 10 years ago? And I'm going to ask the present tense of this question as a follow-up. So 10 years ago was 2008. And uh, we were coming up on... Uh, our one year anniversary uh -huh. and yeah, we were kind of fighting a lot. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly. I don't know. Yeah. We were coming up on one year anniversary. I know we were fighting like a whole lot, but I think it was like a right around August, September, October ish, August, September, October that we were like, I'm done. Like, screw this. I'm done. Uh, we're getting a divorce. This is stupid. Right. So I believed that I was not good enough for her. I believed that uh, this is the best my life will ever get, uh, abusing alcohol and ruining relationships, and I'm not worthy of, of anything good. And I also believed that, uh, that, that I had a purpose, that I wanted to be a good person, but I didn't know how. Mm -hmm. So what is true for you now in your life what principles are you living by now oh dude <laughs> my life is amazing 
And I, awesome. I, have, I, have, I have affirmations that I say every day. And, you know, I believe that I'm intentionally and wonderfully, but you're going to make me cry. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's all good, man. We, I'm, uh, we, we I'm, don't hide emotions here. I, I'm intentionally and wonderfully made, dude. Um, I have the power to transform lives. Uh, I have the power to influence a million people if I, if I chose to. Uh, I, I, I live in a life of abundance. Uh, I don't live in a scarcity mindset. I live a life of abundance and whatever I want to achieve, I have the power to achieve it. And I think, feel and believe that I am in my purpose right now and I'm living a passionate life every day. And it's just, this is just the start. The best is yet to come. I'm chasing success. And I may never reach a level of success of a billion dollars, but it doesn't matter. It's the fact that I have a purpose, I have a direction, and I have an amazing life that is being built every single day. Right on, Sean. What would you say to people that are that are not that have not found their purpose and that are not living their purpose that feel quote stuck? What would you say to those people right now? You never know when it's going to happen. I didn't know. I had no idea that becoming a drill instructor would would set my soul on fire. I had no idea. I had no idea that I'd even be any good at it. So, my mentor tells everybody: live life by one single principle, which is say yes and figure it out. Say yes and figure it out. Do you want to do this? Yes, because you never know by saying yes what doors will open and what you will think at the end of that yes. So live life by that simple principle. Say yes and figure it out. So maybe you're not in your, pre in, in your purpose right now. That's great, but figure out what you're passionate about and figure out how to make money from your passion. All right. Whatever yes. sets your soul on fire, do that. Yeah, I mean, why, why, why wait? Um, yeah. You know, I, I was reading the story uh, of, uh, you know, I just read it last night of an immigrant, you know, an immigrant father who, uh, an immigrant who saw his father, um, you know, work as a garbage man in a dead end job, like work himself to the ground for 20 years after they immigrated. And at 33 years old, he finally realized, crap, I'm heading down the same thing, the same path. And if I don't go for my music career right now like I'm never going to um yeah right on I mean kind of like what you said earlier like just do yeah. it yeah um so what's next for you yeah so uh I got some more speaking engagements throughout the year um very cool Exciting. That, you know super pumped man super pumped um and how do you then do that? How, how do you do that because <laughs> that's something I'm I'm starting to venture into as well uh as well as the TED Talk, that's one of my big goals. Uh, yeah. In the next couple. So, so to, man, how do I? Uh, I mean, I have a ton of strategies. I have a ton of uh, ways I get booked. Uh, so, so here's the thing, man. Um, I'm active duty military. Like I'm still in the military. Uh -huh. um, I work full time in the military, and I do the speaking and everything else, radio show, everything. I, it's on the side. Everything's on the side. And I still get booked 20 to 25 times a year. My goal is to have two events every month. I'm speaking at two events every single month. 
And, uh, and I've got two events that I'm speaking at, uh, August, September, October. I got one in November, and then I'm still working on uh, getting the two in December. I've already got three bookings for next year. Right on. So, you know, there's different strategies that I use to get booked. Um, Google's one, just Google call for speakers, and you'll see a bunch of call for speakers that come out. Um, I use LinkedIn and Facebook to search the same thing. You can search for call for speakers. Uh, you can search hashtags because mm. people hashtag some things like hashtag conference or hashtag whatever event that you want, hashtag resilience, whatever, hashtag call for speakers. You'll find them. But, you know, you, get, you have to apply to, to talk, you know, like there'll be like a Google form or something you fill out or, you know, let us know what your abstract is or let us know what your proposal is or, you know, whatever. Call for presenters is another one. But that's the easy part. I mean, that's, that's really, I mean, fi- for me anyways, finding the events. I mean, I, I apply to two events every day. Monday through Friday, I apply to two events, which equates to about 480 events every year that I apply to speak at. Mm-hmm. I might speak at, you know, like, I might, I don't know, I think this year I'll speak at over, over 25, it's like 30 something events or whatever. But I'm very choosy about the events that I, that I apply to. And I don't apply to ones that, oh, I know I'll get this one. It's the ones that, dude, what the hell will happen if I get this event? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I want to speak to like a thousand people. So, you know, I apply to events that I know that I have a shot at getting um, that are like prestigious events that are like huge, big name people are speaking there. Totally. Yeah. So not why wouldn't I? Yeah. Why would I hold myself back? Like, screw that, you mm-hmm. know? But, uh, but yeah, so uh, some events you just never get a phone call back. They just don't ever email you, you know what I mean? And that sucks. Uh, but a lot of the times they'll be like, Hey, um, this, you know, we like this proposal. This is great. No, uh, this isn't kind of what we're looking for. Sorry. Like, Oh, well, and then you just reapply next year, you know? So if you want to be a speaker, you first have to find a message. What is your message that you want to give to the world? Everybody has to have a message. You know, everybody thinks that, well, I'll just speak about this. Well, it's not speaking about it. You know, the content will come according to what the event planner wants. You need to figure out what your message is to the world. And then after that, you figure out who needs that message. And if you have the correct message, the market comes. And then you just create a, uh, uh, a category. You, you know, who are you? Tony Robbins isn't a motivational speaker. He changed it like two years ago. He's not a motivational speaker. He's a master life strategist. Oh, yeah. What the hell yeah. is that? So me, I'm a master resilience implementer. Mm -hmm. People are like, what is that? I'm glad you asked, (laughs) you know? So I know people who are lifestyle architects. That's cool. I know people who are, um, oh man, I can't remember what this other one, it was so super cool. It was like a leadership, oh, a, a leadership theorist. I was like, what? So he has all these like leadership theories, you know what I mean? I'm like, that's very cool. So instead of saying, well, I'm a speaker, like what kind of speaker? Are you a motivational, inspirational, transformational? Are you So if everybody says, what kind of speaker are you? I just say transformational because I love transformation. That's the name of my show. So why not be a transformational speaker? But when people say, hey, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a master resilience implementer. The hell is that? <laughs> well, here's what it is. You know, I provide a framework and I just go, to, you know, I go into what I do, you know? And, uh, and so you have to have the message, like the clear cut message. And my message, I have really two messages. My message is, is to live your brand. 
You find opportunities every day to live your core values every day. So whatever your core values are, you live life based on your core values. And then I have another message that says, this is not how your story ends. You have the power mm. to rewrite every single chapter. You mm. have the power to rewrite your story. Don't give up is basically what it is. And based on where I'm speaking is one of the two messages that I give. And then the content comes based on what they want. And then I wrap it around the message. You just got to figure out who you want to talk to. You can't talk to everybody. You got to figure out who you want to talk to. You know, pick a, pick a market. You know, are you talking to high schools, colleges, corporations, associations? Are you talking to empowerment events? Are you talking to, I speak at podcasting events. I speak mm -hmm. at podcasting events based on living your brand, living your show's brand, living out, like, like walking your talk. And, I, and I've spoken at quite a few podcast events. Very cool. Very so cool. So you've got to, you know, who, who's your... Who is it? You know what I mean? Yes, very helpful. I mean, as I do with every podcast, I'll certainly be going back to listen to yeah. the, those insights and those strategies for sure. Um, so before we get to wrapping up here, where can people stay connected with you? Yeah, so I only do Facebook and LinkedIn. I don't do any of those other weird social media ones like, uh, mm -hmm. like Snapagram or Instagram. Oh, <laughs> Uh, whatever they're called. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do any of those ones, man. I do Facebook and LinkedIn. So I'm all over those, man. I dominate two social media platforms. So right. you can find me on, on Facebook. I got a bunch of Facebook pages. I got two groups, uh, life transformation radio community for my show. And then, uh, the success core, which is uh, spelled C O R P S like the Marine Corps, the success core. And it's also the name of my website, www.thesuccesscore.com. Right on. So I want to acknowledge you for being the light in the metaphorical darkness. Thank you for that. And thank you for showing that to our listeners and being that light. Thank and you, man. So my final question, what does life beautifully designed look like to you? Oh, dude. Life beautifully designed. You know, if you want to have a house on the beach, if you want to have a house on the farm, if you want to go fishing every day, just write down attributes that, that if this happens, you know, like what a beautiful feeling it would be, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, a life beautifully designed for me is I have, you know, a decent size house, maybe, you know, like 2,800, maybe 3,000, maybe 3,500 or whatever square feet don't need to be massive, you know, with a, with a wraparound porch with some, with some rocking chairs. And there's a lake behind me, a house on the lake. I'm speaking and training all over the world, traveling, meeting people. Um, got an amazing family, got a great support network. Uh, we take trips all over the place. Um, maybe later in life, got some grandkids that come over to the house and got some four wheelers and, you know, like I don't have a money issue, you know, the money's coming, you know, it's, it's just everything that you stress about, you know, where's my money going to come from or where's my clients or where's like, I don't have those worries. There's not a worry in the world that I have. Awesome. Sean Douglas, thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, brother. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth 
Mindset University podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, I would really appreciate it if you could leave us a quick five-star rating in iTunes. All you have to do is grab your iPhone or iPad, open up the Apple Podcast app, hit the search tab, search the show, Growth Mindset University, or just search my name, Jordan Paris, tap the show, scroll all the way to the bottom, and then just hit that fifth star, and that helps us tremendously in ways that you could never even imagine. It means the absolute world to me when people do this. I would be eternally grateful if you do that. We're pushing 100 ratings right now, and it's really making a difference for this show. And of course, if you've not already subscribed to the show, just make sure you do that wherever you're listening to so that you don't miss that next episode. I know you're not going to want to miss it. And you only heard this episode today because I thought it was valuable enough to post here. So if you want to share that value with your friends, your family, go ahead and do that. Share this episode with them. Take a screenshot. Send it to them. Take a screenshot. Put it on your Instagram story and tag me at J underscore Paris underscore so that I know you're listening and I can get back to you and put a face to the name. Now, if you're ready to really take your life to the next level, my book is on Amazon. It is also called Growth Mindset University. It's all about how to learn anything, how to take control of your life, and how to fulfill your vision of success. And you're not just supporting me and this channel by getting this book, but you're also getting this awesome book that's going to lay out the rules and principles to design your life full of joy and fulfillment. All right, I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn, and grow to give.